Hey guys, Amanda Smith here. Thank you so much for joining me on my very first episode of How She Did It here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I hope you'll continue to join me each week. So, you know, I'm about to hit the plug. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, please. So today's guest is someone who I'm not only honored to have once been mistaken for in an elevator, but someone who I've personally admired and I feel embodies what it means to be versatile within this industry. She's a senior writer, podcast host, and commentator for ESPN. And since our initial conversation, she has accepted a preseason role as an analyst with the Los Angeles Rams. Any guesses? It's the one and only Mina Kimes. Take a listen. Amanda Smith here with Nina Kimes. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have to ask you, like, do you see it? Do you see <laughs> we definitely have the same hair style. <laughs> There's a lot of parallels going on. This Whatever. I'm going <laughs> to ride, ride this wave for a while because you're a freaking unicorn. So prior to ESPN, you were working in business and investigative journalism. At what point did you decide, you know what, I think I'm going to make the transition into sports? So I didn't really decide. Um, ESPN kind of decided for me. They came to me, I think it was 2014 at the time I was working at Bloomberg, writing for Bloomberg News, Business Week, and um, uh, editor at ESPN the magazine, Megan Greenwell, and her uh, boss, Scott Burton, approached me and asked if I would be interested in making the jump to sports. They knew I was interested in sports because I tweeted almost exclusively about football. And I had just written a piece uh, that Slate had published about football. And it was not something I had ever considered before, I guess, I got that email. Um, it was never something that I thought I could do or it wasn't even an option. And yeah, and I, and I was kind of like farish into my, not farish, but like, you know, I been a business journalist since college and so it was like kind of scary but I made the leap and now haven't looked back. Since 2014 and starting with ESPN the magazine how have you made yourself an asset to the network where now we see you on multiple tv shows and, and multiple different platforms? Well I just uh, uh keep just falling up into things and getting lucky um stop it it's I modest at uh, ESPN Just Writing. Uh, and then, you know, as a writer, sometimes you're called on to talk about your stories on the radio and on TV. So I did some of that. Started doing, uh, my friend Bill Barnwell has a podcast, The Bill Barnwell Show. Did that with him a little bit, talking football. Started doing fantasy football radio. Kind of one thing led to another. Did a radio show from there with my friends Dominic Foxworth and Clinton Yates. Um, and then started doing Around the Horn. Highly questionable, and yeah, that was that was pretty much it from there. You know, it was just kind of uh, doing one thing that led to another, and uh, now I just do a bunch of different things. How many times are you gonna get duped? <laughs> I know it's always when I'm feeling confident that I get brought down. So stay focused. Stay focused. I know. I always I'm, I tell myself that it's weird because the old man on. Poppy on Highly Questionable, he'll get you when you least expect it. Because you show it at the end of the show, so everyone thinks you're an idiot, but they'll do it like an hour before or something, and then yeah. they just at the end, so there's no excuse. 
<laughs> inside knowledge there. So I plopped your name into Google and I saw that you uh, were a speaker last year at the Association for Women in Sports Media Conference. And you said that being a woman in sports isn't challenging, but an edge. What did you mean by that? Well, you know, I so often get asked about like being a woman on television in sports or reporting as though it's like this massive, like, like you're an alien or something like, how do you do it? Like, you know, wow. I think because we so often hear about I think it's the negativity that you encounter online and some of the like challenges like navigating a locker room or whatever. Uh, and those totally exist, but, and I am happy to talk about them with people and how I navigate them. I think we all deal with a lot of negativity online these days though. Um, but I really often, I, I think it's true when I also try to think about being different as being like a advantage, right? Because as a reporter, it would help me a lot, just not in terms of like the experiences I brought to the table. I think so much of being a reporter is the experiences you bring to the table when you're asking questions and forming stories and coming up with ideas, but also just how you interact with people. Like, quite frankly, you're more memorable to athletes and coaches. And, um, you know, you can stand out a little bit with some of those different perspectives. Same thing when you're opining on television, uh, when I'm asked to give analysis, like it really helps when you come at things. It's so hard in our landscape to come up with a different take or a different approach or talk about something and stand out. Because if you turn on sports television, we're all talking about the same stuff every day, right? Um, and I just think being a little bit different is a massive advantage in that respect when, where it's so difficult to stand out, not just visually, but also the way you might think. Okay, I came up with this quick little game that we're gonna play of superlatives, NFL edition. So, as a team, most likely to succeed? Uh, I'm really high on the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Okay. My current Super Bowl pick, so, yeah. I'll pull this clip, Super Bowl time, upcoming season, repost it. Shout out, Mina. If they win. Then you if they, oh, if they win. If they if they lose, don't worry, I'll delete the whole thing. As a team, most changed. Oh, that's a good one. Um, trying to think of teams that, well, I mean, the Dolphins pretty much tore it down, and they're starting over. Uh, we call it the fish tank. So that would be a good one. But I'll go with the, the Arizona Cardinals also are really, like, everything's different now. New coach, Cliff Kingsbury. New quarterback and Kyler Murray. It's going to be an entirely different offense. Not a ton of changes on defense, but that offense is going to look so radically different from the last few years that I'll give it to the Arizona Cardinals. Next up. As a team, best all around? Um, You got to go with the Patriots for that. Well, <laughs> that's not true because while I think the Patriots have like the probably the premier organization, if I'm really looking at a roster from head to toe – I'll go with the Rams. I mean, the Eagles would be the other choice and another my Super Bowl contender. But I think the Rams made a lot of really nice additions just around the edges to an already really great team. Last one. Mina, your vote for the most dynamic duo in the NFL. Dynamic duo. So that could be a lot of different things, right? That could be yeah. quarterback and running back, quarterback and receiver. I'll go coach and quarterback, and I'll give it to my beloved Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes in Kansas City because that combo uh, is 
the most fun. If you're like a football nerd and you love offense, they have been extremely fun to watch work together. And I think they're going to be really fun to watch this year again. Okay. I'm from Chicago. So give me a quick, your synopsis on what you think is going to happen for my bears. Please. Well, okay. The bears fans have been kind of upset with me because I have been saying there's a, a little bit of a, not a little bit that there, there's an opportunity for, for regression there. Um, just because they did lose their defensive coordinator, Vicantio, who's a genius. A couple of minor losses on the defense, but they were so good last year on defense. It's really hard to repeat, especially when you were like really healthy the year before, which they were. So I think that there could be some regression on defense. It's going to be incumbent on Mitch Trubisky to like take another step forward because he's going to have to do a lot more for the team. <laughs> that Madden rating just going to keep going down. <laughs> yeah, I know. Even that's low even for me, and I'm not, like, the biggest Mitch person in the world, so. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Thank you for, like, some hope, but, like, reality. Reality in... in I get nice <laughs> So we had some great fan questions for you, so I want to get to as many as we can today. Wow. So, yeah, you popular. So, uh, similar questions from Roseanne, Sapia, and Brandon C. Smith 5. Wanted to give them both a shout-out. And they were just wanting to know, what was it like for you making the transition from hard news into sports? You know, it was um, easy in some ways and difficult in others. Easy in that if you're a reporter going to be – and I started as a reporter at ESPN, not doing television. That is, it's the same tools, writing asking questions, uh, formulating stories. Like, the, it's a lot of the same sort of things that go into the process. The difference was the subject matter is all different. So I had to learn a lot of, uh, not really, like, learning about sports, but more learning, like, how do I get in touch with an athlete? How do I ask, you know what I mean? How do I get into a locker room? Like, those are things I just didn't know. It's sort of, like, institutional knowledge. You know, whereas I had that in business, like, how to read a 10K. So I had to relearn a lot of those things, even though I knew how to actually just do the stories. I have no idea what a tank it is. Not a clue. Oh, it, you say tank yeah. it? 10K. Yeah, oh, it's 10K? Yeah, yeah. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. All right, so Tim Rucci would like to know, what are some jobs that you've had over the years that may not have appealed to you at first, but ended up being beneficial towards getting you to where you are now? Definitely not working at a bagel store. <laughs> yeah, that that was was good. Business. Yeah, because I was like, oh, what if this had happened in my bagel store? How would I have reacted <laughs> um, to the bagel, you know, bagel boss guy? Um, you know, in college, I had some internships um, that were pretty helpful. I interned at a magazine, a small business magazine. Obviously, I don't write about small business now, but I learned a lot of the skills that I use today. I spent a summer interning, interning, sort of working a part-time job as a teacher, which I was extremely bad at, but um, I think was useful just in, in terms of like living in a, in a place where I didn't know anyone, honestly, which is like, it kind of makes you like a reporter and that you have to go out, meet people like, which are really the most important skills I think when it comes to being a reporter is being fearless about that. Next up is from Skeller. How do you know what the next step is for your professional career, whether that means moving on from a current job or taking that first job out of school? That is a very difficult question. Um, I thought so too. So I was like, let's go ahead and, and take advantage and ask Mina. No, 
I think it's, um, it, it's good to feel confident and comfortable at a job, but if you don't feel challenged anymore, I think is at the, the point when you have to start thinking about not necessarily quitting, but like, what is the evolution of this? How can it change? Should I add on more responsibility? Should I widen the scope of what I'm doing? Because I've had jobs in the past where I started feeling like complacent. And I think if you stay in that position for too long, you'll never grow. When you started to feel that sort of complacency, how did you decide or, or find that courage within yourself to say, it's time for me to move on? Uh, that it's really hard to do. I am the kind of person to ask like 3,000 people for advice before like <laughs> making a move. Um, you know, but like at a certain point, I think I, I've, I, when I look back on my career, one thing I've learned to do that I think falls in this category is Jessica Mendoza said this to me once, who does, um, you know, play by play for us in baseball. And this something that's really stuck with me, which is like, I've learned to say yes to things before I'm ready for them, which I think sometimes as women too, we're very reluctant to do that. Men, it comes a lot easier to them. Uh, and uh, that's something that I've tried to do a little bit more over the last few years is like not actually wait and see like, am I 100% sure I can do this? But being like, you know what? Even if I'm only 80% sure I can do this, I'm gonna say yes and do it. And I'll figure out that 20% later. That's how I feel right now. So this last question I was hoping could be from my cat. His okay. name is West. Great. And he was hoping he could maybe talk to Lenny. If oh, wow. Okay. Lenny. Yeah. I mean, if he's available. I he's, don't know. He's, well, let me check. Okay. He's available. Oh, he's okay. Awesome. So, uh, West, go ahead and ask your question. Uh, Lenny. Oh, all, wow. Yeah. I, I know. It really throws people off. I'm British. <laughs> Lenny, for us looking to get our big break, what advice would you give to your fellow furry friends? Yes. Not sure why you have a British accent. You live in Utah. It's very confusing. But I think the key is that you own that. Right? Weren't we just talking about how difference makes you special? You have to be the only British cat in Utah. Why is your voice so high? You making fun of my British accent? <laughs> Your British accent is like really like cockney or something, which I, I respect as someone who has accents. Um, <laughs> how I sound? Who are you to call me out? I don't know why he has a high voice, by the way. It's a voice that my husband and I just use to each other when we're like talking in his voice, and I have no idea. He's a, he's a boy. He, he's, uh, I mean, he's kind of small, so maybe yeah, that would that make sense. Yeah. I don't know. It's not very pleasant, that's for sure. He's famous, and my cat just aspires to be like Lenny. He talks about him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I think with that voice, the potential is there. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored that people do the Spider-Man to us. Oh, I, I am honored. You shouldn't be flattered. I'm, I'm an old lady. I'm, I'm flattered. Not at all. Amazing. I like it. Thank you. But thank you so much again. And thank you for, for taking the time to join us. And thank you to Lenny for making a surprise guest appearance. Shout out. Thank you for having us on behalf of both Lenny and I. <laughs> All right, guys. For Mina Kimes, I'm Amanda Smith. We'll see you next time.